Hi, everyone. This is Al Grego from The Produce Stand. Before we begin tonight's special episode with our guest, Stuart Reynolds, I'd like to take a quick moment to thank all the patrons and members of The Produce Stand Twitter group. Without their support, we wouldn't still be doing this. If you'd like to support the podcast, please rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. It helps new people find the podcast. Another way to support us is to become a patron. Patrons will get early access to select content like this special interview. Finally, anyone with a Twitter account can join our little community at Pod. It's a supportive group of good people who love the show Letter Kenny. And if that sounds like you, just send us a DM and we'll add you. Now, on with our interview with Brittle Star. <laughs> You're having Thirsty Thursday with your pals the other day. It's not Thirsty Thursday yet, but it is te- Tequila Tuesday. Welcome to the Produce Stand, a podcast paying tribute to the great Canadian show Letter Kenny. Now, I know what you're thinking. There are many other podcasts about Letter Kenny out there, but this one will interview you, even if you're just a fan of the show, as long as you're more famous than we are. I'm Al, your host, and joining me in the room, as always, is the lovely Tanya. And online, we have Squirrely Matt, the very groovy Victor. And joining us tonight is a very special guest. He's the host of Game Changers podcast and the morning show thing on Facebook with his wife, Shannon. His comedic and family-friendly videos have been seen by more than 500 million times on uh, various platforms. He's created branded content for companies such as Wendy's, NBC Universal, Subway, Disney, WestJet, Rogers, KFC. The last one for KFC was the biggest brand campaign with over 60 million views. He's rubbed elbows with celebrities like the Property Brothers, Gordon Ramsay, Barack Obama, Justin Trudeau, and most impressively, Grumpy Cat. He's been invited to the White House, and he's the internet's favorite dad. Join me in making some noise for Stuart Reynolds, better known as Brittle Star. Oh my god! How exciting! I regret nothing. Well, well, I think at first, I just want to say, first of all, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. But uh, secondly, it's always nice when people lead with my least successful endeavor, which is the podcast. That's oh, nice. come on. Yeah. I was listening to your uh, interview with Jonathan, Jonathan Torrance yesterday, getting ready for today. because Oh, uh, that, was a, that was a really fun interview, though. That was like a really exciting. Yeah, was, well, uh, and, and it kind of had, uh, I was very especially interested in that because he's somebody I'd like to have on our podcast once we get to, to the episodes that he's in. But uh, so... Uh, <laughs> Your way up the ladder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we've already had Kate Trevor, so it's not about that. It's more about that's true. Uh, we're that's we're true. only at season four right now, we, and uh, uh, we all have our weak moments. That's the thing is, you caught him in an off day. Time to pull in the big fish. He gave in. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. First of all, uh, what would you prefer to be called, Stuart Brittle Star? Mr. I think, Reynolds. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, Mr. Reynolds, conversationally, let's go with uh, Stuart. Uh, but uh, Stuart. exactly, Stuart. just do the best role. That'll, that'll be fine. Very nice. Actually, maybe don't. Maybe just go with Brittle. That sounds good. <laughs> Brittle's good. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Uh, I mean, the reason you're on, uh, I mean, uh, I've been following you since, since your Vine days uh, on Twitter, and uh, I just recently maybe a month ago saw a post where you mentioned letter Kenny and that you were a fan. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, he's a fan. Uh, maybe I can get him on our podcast. And then, uh, uh I'm going to apologize in advance, but I had Toronto Mike kind of ambush you uh, by asking you on his, <laughs> on his uh, episode with you on it, whether if you would come on and, uh, Obviously, you felt like you had to say yes, and uh, and uh, I'm, I'm holding you to your word now. So well, I find like when you're at a career low like that on Toronto Mike, you just like, <laughs> anything anything is like a rope up. Anything's a potential rope to climb out. So you, you feel free to shit talk Toronto Mike all you want on this podcast because uh, uh, we we will have it, no problem. So uh, where are you uh, speaking to us from? Uh, from uh, Perth County, actually, Letter Letterkenny County, so uh, Stratford, Ontario, mm-hmm. is where I'm. I'm from right now. You, you look like you're in you're in a garage or, or a basement of some sort. <laughs> this is uh, this is a a little studio I built when we moved into this house in 2003, and it's a free floating room. And I just recently put these uh, shelves up, which uh, people were able to see them. I would describe them for descriptive video style, but I won't. Just <laughs> um, the shelves you get at Canadian Tire, and uh, the lights, however, are from Amazon. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's just trying to make it tidy. Uh Oh, 
Oh, I think he's using that apple in the background. <laughs> oh no, uh, it's frozen. To, <laughs> to connect. Let's see if you get the feed. Do you have uh, frozen time music? I, there. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. Back? Oh, there you're back. <laughs> God, I had a great I'm joke. Still in dialogue <laughs> out there. <laughs> such a good joke as oh, well. Oh man, it doesn't matter. I'm in a studio. Is basically what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, this didn't happen. This didn't happen during your Toronto mic interview. I feel, uh, um, you know, uh, are, no, are you, I, it's are you the darn snow still storm. I'm on an Atari 1040 ST. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and speaking of which. So I saw that bit you did for Global um, and that uh, Mac mm, that you had, yeah. that Mac, beautiful Macintosh that you had. It's, it's right yeah. there, I see. Right behind. I got that for 20 bucks. So did you actually have to, uh, can you still log into that machine? Is that how you got the, the, the cool graphics to show up? No, I, I didn't. I On that video, which no one saw it, but... Um, uh, <laughs> I saw but it. I, if, well, I don't know. People are watching Global probably aren't listening to this. No. Maybe. Uh, there's a very little... It's a Venn diagram that are just two separate circles. Yeah. And um, I was expecting, <laughs> as soon as I did the graphics for that, because the person, the producer was like, I don't know what ASCII means. And like I said, I made a joke about ASCII nudes. Mm. <laughs> and uh, they're like, I don't know what ASCII nudes are. Like, what is that? You're going to have to explain that. It's like, you know, like the, like the punctuation art. Like you make art out of like, you know, letters and punctuation and stuff. And uh, she didn't know. And so I had to demonstrate it graphically on screen. And I, I knew as soon as I was doing it, I thought, well, so I should do it like the actual Mac screen, which is like this light grayish putty cement beige type mm -hmm. color with like a darker gray black text on it. But you can't see it. I was like, oh, I'll do it like the old cathode ray style sort of green, mm -hmm. you know, terminal sort of a computer terminal. And I was just waiting for one guy on Twitter to point it out. And of course, one guy did. It's like, you know, the uh, Mac Classic 2, <laughs> it did not have the green text. It had 256 yeah. colors, right? Yeah. I mean, so, it, I mean, that just, that was his suspension of disbelief was just blown. And the whole thing, he was like, I think this whole thing's set up. I don't think this guy's just saying it to me right now. So, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Oh, that's brilliant. So are you originally from Stratford? I am actually. Yeah, no, I was born and raised in Stratford and then uh, moved away for a bit. And then my wife and I moved back to Stratford when we were going to have kids. And uh, I wasn't that keen on coming back to town because, you know, Stratford's a small town, mm -hmm. uh, which has benefits and drawbacks. Uh, as from a parent's perspective, it's pretty great because it's kind of like one big backyard and everybody knows who you are. And everybody knows your kids. And as a kid, it's horrible because it's really hard to drink their age because your parents are known everywhere. So like my, <laughs> I couldn't go to the pub downtown and get served because I'd go in and, and the bar staff would literally be like, Hey, Stewie, your parents just left. And I'd be like, Oh, oh, thanks. I'll have a Coke. So, <laughs> well, I mean, so that brings me to, you know, what you do right now as a, as a internet celebrity content uh, creator so, so social media darling social media but, darling i mean yeah. a lot of a lot of the the videos you produce are like out on your front lawn or walking yeah. walking down your street or, or or i've seen one where you're downtown stratford i'm guessing I, I mean what do your neighbors think when they see oh there's there's Stuart again what's he doing this time you know what's interesting <laughs> is that you know we've been, i've been doing this for eight years as a full-time gig and uh Initially, they're just kind of like trying not to get on camera. And occasionally the people would walk over and go, what's you filming in the middle of like my eighth take or something? I'm like, damn it. And then I had to try to explain it to them, which was didn't make any sense. Um, but now, for some reason, in like the past year and a half or so, the neighbors are like reverential to it now. It's like, I'll come up and I'll set up and I'll, I've got stuff set up and audio and camera stuff. And, and they'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry. We'll just, we'll stop snowblowing and we'll, uh, we'll get out of the way. And it's like, no, no, it's okay. And it's like, but you could shut your kid up for a little bit. That'd be great. And, uh, they, uh, they're pretty, they're pretty nice about the whole thing. They're actually pretty great. So I have, there's an older couple that live across the street from us who are fantastic, Ed and Shirley. And, uh, Whenever I film uh, Shirley, she's just like, oh, no, we just sat out in the front window. We just watched you filming, Stuart. It was really great. <laughs> I just loved it. Stuart. Stuart. She, she says the same, actually. She's got a real sort of sort of serious sort of uh, northwestern uh, Perth County accent. You should so start calling sure. her Which makes role. sense because Listel's, yeah, Listel's not too far from there. So the it's, accent might be, oh, it's all, it all fits 
It certainly does. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was told not to do the accent, by the way. My wife was, before I came down here, she was like, don't, don't do the Listowel accent. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I was like, listen, I was born 45 minutes from Listowel. Yeah. I'm allowed to do it. Yeah. You, you've earned that, right? Exactly. Exactly. So let's get you to where you are kind of today. Uh, before you became an internet celebrity, I mean, what was your day job? Like, what, what, what were you doing? Um, well, I, I had like we owned. A, I've been self-employed since I was nineteen. Mm. I did. Uh, I started a jingle company when I was nineteen, and I made jingles for radio. Oh wow! And um, that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to take that. Um, that you just really, you're, you're really, yeah, you're really good at it. <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote a jingle one time when I lived in Kingston. I wrote a jingle for a department store there called S and R Department Store, and it was one of the last independent department stores in Canada. And uh, it was like one of my crowning achievements. I just I was so pleased with it, and it really was a stuck with you. And it was really sort of a, I liked it. It was really well done, and it was horrible, like a good jingle should be. And uh, went to a party and and this guy's like, what do you do? I was like, oh, I write jingles. And he went, you better not have written that fucking S&R jingle. And I was like, I did, man. I did. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But, you know, I did that. And then we had uh, and then we had like our own company uh, until about like 2000. And we had like a tech company, like a, a web development programming company. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, had that. And then we had this like, like catastrophic sort of event happened to the business in 2006 at the end of 2006 december 21st at 1 36 p.m um not that it stuck out or i no. needed therapy for it <laughs> or anything like that yeah. but uh it was uh, it was it sort of threw us into like this massive tailspin and we didn't know what to do and we lost like a billion dollars and uh we had to like we had like 11 we used to work with and they had to let 11 people go and uh it was a really horrible time and then i just kind of like we sort of slowly climbed our way out kind of like when i was on the toronto mike podcast mm. slowly climbed my way out of that <laughs> hole and uh got to the uh the point in, like 2012 i was like well i've got this studio that i've somehow managed to keep out of the clutches of the bank so i will start doing voiceover so i did that then 2013, I started doing Vine, mm. uh, which is the six and a half second looping videos because my youngest son was like, check it out. It's, it's kind of like Twitter, except it's video. And I got some traction from it. I mean, it was kind of mm. fun. It was cool. And it was, uh, it was, you know, we ended up getting some success and, and then meeting Grumpy Cat, as you said. Exactly. <laughs> I think that, May he rest in peace. That, that might be your, your, cr- your crowning achievement, I think, is, is you're, you're probably still trying to, you know, attain that height again, right? Of meeting Grumpy Cat. I can tell Cat. you two, two behind-the-scenes stories about Grumpy Cat. Please Three, actually. Do, I'll, I'll yeah, so one is uh, Grumpy Cat's owner or mother, however you want to see it. Um, not like the cat version, the human version of the mother. Um <laughs> Uh, is lovely. She's super nice. She's very, very sweet and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's kind of the, the most minor, nice back sort of stage story. The other one is uh, there's, there was two uh, grumpy cats. She what? had two exact same cats. They were both uh, misformed, which is why they were the way they were. Let's just say that they were lovely cats, but when you saw them up close, you're like, I don't know. I don't know about this. <laughs> and then in the third and final story of a grumpy cat is when we were doing this event, it was at uh, Disneyland in California. Mm-hmm. And we had to, uh, this is no joke. It was for this press event. They're doing the social media all-stars thing. And we had to learn a dance move with one of the characters. So we got taken backstage to Disney to learn these moves to this dance thing. Like, uh, like they didn't say like, hey, would you come to California and dance in front of a thousand people for <laughs> the media? Uh, and your dancing partner will be Grumpy Cat. But they were like, just come down and we'll take care of you. And then when we got down there, they were like, hey, did you like staying in your hotel last night? You're learning dancing today. Um, it wasn't so gangin' style that you were dancing to, was it? No, this oh. is well before. Oh, okay. No, well after, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so we learned these moves. But when we were backstage, we're like... Huh, we we're all eating like burritos from uh, for tinfoil. Like we thought it'd be fancier backstage, right? It's Disneyland, right? This <laughs> yeah. is like a multi-billion dollar company. And they're like, hey, we've got lunch ready for you. And it was a big bucket of like wrapped up burritos and tinfoil. We're like, this seems a little low rent, but okay. And we're looking over it as we're eating these uh, burritos. We're like, uh, whose trailer is that? Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat. Had a trailer? Had her <laughs> own trailer. No joke. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And, and that, if there's two, were there two 
traveling grump, grumpy. I didn't. I never saw the two cats together, but apparently there were two identical cats, and one was kept as a spare. Which you would. I, I'm only assuming that the spare was was died unexpectedly prior to the you know the stage version of Grumpy Cat. So wow. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not too dis- a- yeah. Sorry, go ahead, man. I was say, I guess it's not too dissimilar from like the Olsen twins in the uh, in the, in the you know, Full House days, yeah. where there was two of them. But you didn't know you only had one Michelle on TV. So whatever one right. was working best that day, they pulled them out of the trail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was the sh- same situation maybe with uh, with Grumpy Cat, but I think uh, probably yeah, unlike the Olsen twins, I'm pretty sure Grumpy Cat was a murder suicide. So I, I was going to use the quantum spooky interactions at a distance example. But there, there. <laughs> a lot of lines of coke are being done by Grumpy Cat in that oh, trailer. <laughs> when you achieve a certain level of status, I don't want to spread any rumors because, as we all know here, bad gas travels fast. But uh, I think uh, I think maybe they had a catnip problem. Um, so, Stuart, uh, so, sorry, Alex. Go ahead. A very quick question before we get um, uh, more uh, kind of golden nuggets. There, uh, I'm wondering, like in terms of uh, in terms of your um, the jingles and I'm wondering what the roots of your kind of musical creativity are. Um, is that something that kind of you were, you love to do as a child where you, your parents forced you to do it? Where, what's that? All about? <laughs> Play music. Don't get a real job. Play music. Uh, no, they were actually, my parents were incredibly supportive of me and music was a huge part of uh, our family growing up. My, uh, both of my grandfathers were entertainers in Scotland and, uh, uh, my mother is a singer as well. Uh, my dad is a huge fan of music. He was the one who was, we were standing in, uh, Woolworths when I, in 1979 and he picked up a copy of M's pop music, the single. And he was like, you need this. We're getting you this today because it's going to be a massive hit. I mean, it was maybe just in the charts at that point. So he wasn't really, you know, pathetic mm-hmm. about it, but, uh, but so he's a big fan of music and stuff. And I was, so I've always been into it. And I would like, when I was 16, 17, we were doing record company interviews and, uh, with our band and, uh, and playing shows and recording and and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I did like EMI. This is kind of a backhanded compliment. EMI sent me to a vocal coach after (laughs) listening to our demo. Listen, kids, we like what you've got. Just we'd like it to be better. Um, And sent me to this amazing woman, Rosemary Burns in Toronto as a vocal coach. And she was at the same time I was seeing her, uh, the guy who was uh, the heavy metal singer, Thor, was uh was the uh his or her other client it was a very exciting time <laughs> well I, I mean you see the the guitars hanging on the wall behind you there dan electric i guess do you have a oh, oh there's a gibson there too nice uh i was gonna say do you have a deal with dan electric because i feel like that's <laughs> <laughs> what... no i it, what happened is uh so brittle star was a band name mm-hmm. and uh that's how I, I i got the name in 2004 i i just decided okay well if i'm gonna ever make an album i should just make an album so i ended up uh I've learned that in life, if you have a bit of a brass neck, if you have uh, just gumption and you're like, I don't care. Well, it's nothing ventured, nothing gained. Let's just find out. Mm -hmm. And so I contacted a guy named Stephen Duffy, who was uh, one of the founders of Duran Duran and and a guy who I solo stuff. I'm a really big fan of. And I was like, Hey, would you want to help me do this? And he's like, okay. And he was working with another guy named Robbie Williams in Los Angeles, which is a really big artist. And he was produced, he produced and co-wrote his uh, Intensive Care album. And uh, while he was doing that album, he was working with me remotely in this room, actually, um, to record the first Riddle Star record. And anyway, so long story. But what happened is for the artwork, he was dating this girl at the time named Rhett's Wood, who's a photographer and does lots of work for like like Vogue and like mm-hmm. just cool. She's just ultra cool person and does amazing photography. And I was like, Hey, I need some pictures. And so her and a friend, uh, Sarah Cotwood, who's the TV presenter in Britain, went and took pictures on, uh, Retz's couch. And one of the kids, one of the, the props they brought was one of Stephen Duffy's guitars, which was this black and white 12 string Dan Electro. Mm. And, uh, I was like, that's a really cool guitar. And so I asked Steven, I was like, what is it? And he's like, it's 12 string Dan Electro. And I was like, okay. So I went out and I found one on eBay for like wow. $400. And I was like, yes, I'll have that. <laughs> and then I was like, 12 strings, that's like twice as many as I need. <laughs> and I bought the sparkly one after that to actually play live shows. Nice. Uh, because Brittle Star played like, you know, live shows as a band for, for a couple of years. And, uh, 
that was much, it was sparklier and it was uh, only six strings. So, well, we're going to, we're going to hear a little bit from uh, brittle star, the band a little later. Uh, Cause wow. uh, I, I dig the music and, and you know what I can tell, I can tell that you're, you know, you, you're, you're into music and, and you were a songwriter because a lot of the stuff you put, even the, like the stuff that I gravitate to that you put out are the musical numbers. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I love them. Yeah. I'm going to play one right now. Just a, well, just a part of one. This uh, it's not Christmas anymore, but uh, this one here was really uh, uh one of my favorites from uh, recently. It's getting close to Christmas Day. Santa's on his way. Reindeer's pulling hard on that big red sleigh. But this Christmas I have to ask. It's really a simple task. Santa, I hope and pray you can hear me say. <laughs> this Christmas ain't the same, it's different. Fuck you, COVID 19. It's Christmas time again, it's true. Santa better wear a fucking mask. Now, um, I mean, it's it's a great song, and and it puts me in mind of uh, Red by um, uh, uh, Treble Charger. Is that? Uh, oh wow! Okay. Do you, do you, I mean, I don't know if you hear it, but I, I totally heard like uh, Trouble Charger in there. No, mine's totally original. Oh, thanks. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't insult the guest. Uh, no. It's not an insult. Come on. I, I think it's, it's I, a good song. I take song. it as a compliment. I take it as a compliment. It's a good song. But, but I mean, I mean your your songs, I mean, the lockdown song, even, like even, it's not mm. just a straight parody song. Like there's good musicianship and good songwriting in well, that th- song. I appreciate you saying that. Thank uh, you very so, much. So that's why... Uh, you know, this is more you than know, just a, a jingle. I think the, these songs can be, you know, our actual pieces of music. Well, th- thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think that what's, what's interesting is the, the impetus for that was I had done, uh, you know, obviously done a lot of music, but when I started doing videos and, and sort of focusing on comedy, um, like parody versions of songs, uh, parody songs and videos do really well. Mm-hmm. And so like I did a video called, uh, I'm a dead, that's what I do to the tune of Ed Sheeran's Shape of You. Yeah. And it got like a billion views, which is great. Really one. great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. And um, it was really great. But I couldn't put it on Facebook mm-hmm. because Facebook would pull my page, like delete my yeah. page. Because Facebook Canada had no, has no licensing, clear licensing agreement with American record labels. Um, so even though that tune, like Ed Sheeran knew about it, like it was all mm-hmm. totally cool, but mm-hmm. it's like, nope. And they didn't have anything in place. Like YouTube was just like, yeah, you know, you can't have any money for this. We're going to give it to the 12 people who wrote that song. Mm-hmm. Like you needed 12 people to write that song, by the way. <laughs> um, but, uh, and it's like, that's fine. I don't care. I just, you know, if I get the numbers and the eyeballs, that's, that's kind of all I need out of it. Yeah. But anyway, I couldn't do that. And it was too dangerous for me to post these, uh, uh, parody versions on my Facebook page and I wasn't making any money from them on my YouTube. So I was like, well, why don't I just like make my own? Like I'll just like write, you know, songs that are homages, like sort of inspired in the style of whatever it be like the lockdown sound song is kind of in the style of the killers. Mm-hmm. And, yes. uh, you know, this, the, the just wear a fucking mass song is more like a cold play meets Elton John rock mm-hmm. ballad and, uh, <laughs> you know, or a trouble charger and, uh, <laughs> right in the it, same ballpark. Yeah, I'm just I'm, thinking, I'm, yeah, the song like red. The yeah. The song yeah, red. Totally, totally similar. Exactly. <laughs> So, so that's why. Yeah. So you're, you're making these vine videos uh, after the collapse of your empire. Um, at what point <laughs> <laughs> do you realize you can make this your day job? Like uh, wh- when did you start uh, making a living, like doing this stuff? Well, it's super easy to make those kind of decisions when you have nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> when you have like nothing to lose again, it's like being on the Toronto Mike podcast. You're like, whatever. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Let's just do your podcast too. Um, 
but uh, you know, it, it, in all honesty, it was that first trip to uh, uh, to California, mm. and we had this these drinks with uh, the other creators, and we're like, "What do you do?" And they're like, "Well, we make videos." And I was like, "No, no, like, what's your day job?" And they're like, "Well, we are YouTube, we make videos." And it's like, "God, why aren't we doing this? This sounds like a good idea." Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of like, it wasn't like smooth sailing for, it was like August, 2000. That was the fall actually, 2013 mm-hmm. that we were in California. And, uh, it wasn't smooth sailing from them, but it was kind of like, Oh, okay. I think we can actually like make money doing this. Um, and, and, and so when, when you say we, are you talking about you and Shannon and, and your, your yeah, voice? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, initially like when Disney came, uh, a Colin, um, they, said uh, we'd like you to do this event we want you to film 10 videos for us and and uh they were like we'd like your whole family to be involved because my both of my kids were already making vine and and social media posts and stuff like mm-hmm. that and youtube videos um and uh, my wife who was like no i'm i don't want to be in the videos at all i'm not into it she hates <laughs> being the center of attention can't stand it she just like there's nothing appealing it's a nightmare for her to be on camera. Right. And then I was like, well, but they're going to pay us this many thousands of dollars. And she was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> um, it twisted my arm. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so she's easily, you know, coerced, which is nice. Um, so she's, so yeah, so it's, it's, it was certainly the beginning when my kids were 11 and 14 and it was like, you know, they were cute and, mm-hmm. uh, and now they're 19 and 21 and they're just, we're lucky if we're, if they're sober. Um, so <laughs> Disney's not as interested anymore. In us. Well, I, I can relate to, you know, trying to get your spouse to do something with you. Cause uh, it took a little talking and talking into, <laughs> to get Tanya to agree to do this podcast with me. You can tell she's easing to it though, because she just got like comfy with the microphone there. Yeah. She's, yeah, like, no. over, she's like, I got stuff to to say yeah. and I want to make sure you got my levels right. <laughs> She's completely bought in now, but I didn't have to flash any thousands of dollars in front of her. Thank goodness, because I wouldn't have any to show. Um, <laughs> oh, lockdown did this all for us. Yes, this yeah. is all. This board, There's uh, nothing else to do. And they say necessity is the mother of invention. Lockdown is the mother of this podcast for sure. That was bottom. yeah, absolutely. That was and it's so when you're talking about the the, the content, so I find it so fascinating because I think a lot of us still looking in on on people like yourself who are who are making money and and building careers off of content creation. I mean, for the longest time, maybe I was just naive or oblivious to the idea that people were legitimately doing this for a long time. You know, you'd see videos of whoever online, like, oh, that was funny. But then you look through, oh, they have a you know, X hundreds yeah. of thousands of followers and, oh, why are they doing this? Oh, they're actually making a living. Then you see all these reports coming out of people making money. And it's just so like, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. It's such a fascinating industry. Um, it is. I bet you, I bet you looking back eight years, like, ah, oh, that's never <laughs> going to be it. But then the fact that it's become <clears throat> your reality is, yeah. is a pretty cool thing. Oh, it's, it's incredibly cool. I mean, I, I'm very aware of how fortunate we are and how uh, we're able to, well, for a case in point, um, I was watching an interview with uh, uh, this guy who's a, who's a was a famous pop star, still is a famous pop star, and uh, he was doing this live stream, and, and it was with another guy who was in the band with, and they were chatting back and forth. And uh, I said to my wife Shannon, I was like, "Man, you know, I've always wanted to just like have a life where I could be like that and just kind of wake up and be creative and just decide what to create that day." And I was like, "Well, wait a minute, I get to do that now. It's exactly what I'm doing." <laughs> but I think that's one of the weird things about life, right? Is that you you don't always get to. Uh, it's not a straight arrow. You can't just be like, "I want to do that," and that's exactly what you do. It's like I want to do that, and it'll curve probably a little bit this way and that way, and it might be more fluid than you think. So, I mean, I've always wanted to. What's interesting is that when I was a kid. Uh, like in my, like a sort of 12, 13, I wanted to create a business that I could just do for my house. And I didn't know what that was. I had no idea what that was. I also wanted to be famous as well. Um, because, I, and that was based on social anxiety. I like the idea when I go somewhere and I don't have to explain who I am, that mm-hmm. takes a lot of pressure off of me. <laughs> interesting. Um, it's way better. It's so much better. I love that description. That's an yeah, interesting that's take exactly on it. fame. Wow. It's, it's, that's the only reason right there. That's exactly it. If I can walk in somewhere and some people are like, Oh, it's that guy. I'm like, Oh, thank God. I don't have to tell you who I am. Um, or introduce myself. That'd be a nightmare. Um, so it's, it's, it's just, it's a really weird thing for me to be involved with. And certainly because I started when I was like 43. So, I mean, I, I did a talk for a bunch of grade eights one time, uh, early on in the vine days. And when I was starting to make money, 
<clears throat> and they were talking about career paths and the principal was giving them all this. Like, if you'd like to do this, go this path. If you'd like to do this, go this path. And then he left the room and I was like, kids, uh, what I'm doing didn't exist six months ago. So, you know, stay in <laughs> yeah. school, read and uh, keep your options open. So, that's, that's yeah. amazing. And, so, and if I could have, I know you want I know you want to be in a transition into a bit of a letter cutting conversation, <laughs> but before I have to ask, and I've always been curious, you know, with the type of work you do with the content creation, what are the, I mean, is, is there any pressures behind it? So to continually create content and, and what is it, or is it just something you love to do and you're like, it doesn't matter. I'll do it at my pace. Like what does the industry do in terms of expectations around putting stuff out? I think there's, it's kind of, you set your own expectations. I mean, I know I sort of feel like I could take a little bit of a break. Um, but at the same time, I'm also, it's, it's like the old adage. It says, you know, remember the old saying people would say of uh, Coke, stopped advertising for one day they'd lose like 10 percent of their sales and it'd be like you don't think that it would matter that coca-cola wasn't advertising but it probably would hmm. um and it kind of feels like that same idea like you're constantly trying to maintain profile and you're constantly trying to uh be top of mind for people and with social media it's getting harder and harder because of algorithms so you're like you're you're you know you're constantly competing like i'll put out videos and i still have i did like in the past week, I think I put about four videos out mm -hmm. and they've all done fairly well. Um, certainly three of them did pretty good. Um, but I'll still get people saying to me, so uh, they'll see me like at the grocery stores. I mean, so you, you still making videos? It's like, <laughs> yeah, eight years now. Yeah. I met Grumpy Cat. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to play a clip of, uh, of the, the most successful uh, branding campaign. And it was done by you. Hey, neighbor. Oh, hi, America. What's with the decorations? It's Canada Day. We're having a little get-together. Canada Day? Yeah, um, kind of like July 4th for you guys. Yeah, but we do July 4th because we got lots of stuff to celebrate. We got Eagles and Freedom and KFC. What do you have to celebrate? Did you just say, what do we have to celebrate? Yeah, I universal healthcare. So if you break your leg, you can still afford a snack while you wait in the ER the metric system. But to be fair, everybody else has that exception. To be fair. Maternity leave. <laughs> because we think if a woman carries around another human for nine months, she might need some time off. Poutine. French fries, gravy, cheese curds. If angels owned food trucks, they'd make poutine. Bagged milk. It's more environmentally friendly. Plus, it feels like you're holding a cold, wet baby. So you... And beer. Actual beer. Not yellow water. Beer. And lots of it. Butter tarts. If you put sex and gold into a blender, Best you line. get a butter tart. <laughs> <laughs> of course, hockey. We did it first, we still do it best. But American teams win the Stanley Cup. American teams, Canadian players. Oh, and to your KFC point, Colonel Sanders lived in Canada, so we made it even better by pronouncing it KFC. It's true, he lived in Canada from 1965 to 1980. Yeah, that is weird, but it's true. But you know what we don't have? What? Pennies. Because they're stupid pocket weights. <laughs> Y'all do have some stuff to celebrate, I guess. Yeah. Sorry. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So according, uh, according to your website, uh, mm -hmm. uh, this was the biggest brand campaign online with 60 million plus views on all platforms. That's Fantastic. amazing. Yeah, I think it's almost at seven million now it does about three million views a year currently uh it, like after it was pushed, put out in 2017 mm -hmm. and we that year we beat nike by 10 million views uh nice. it was a cristiano ronaldo uh video <laughs> that they'd spent like millions on and i filmed that in my backyard with a canon t3i in, in two days so. <laughs> did you that nike did you yeah. did you write that script yourself I did. Yeah, no, I wrote the script myself and I was just going to do it on my own. And, and then I was like, ah, oh, that's right. I like to get paid. And um, so I sent it around to a couple of agencies and I was, I just thought maybe, I don't know, maybe there's going to be something like Tim Hortons or something like that would be interested in doing it. And uh, this agency wrote back Edelman who represented KFC and they were like, listen, 
we'd like you to do this for KFC. And I was like, ah, oh, it doesn't make any sense. It's Kentucky fried chicken. And they're like, no, no, no. But Colonel Sanders died in Mississauga. And I was like, I'm in, I'm totally in. Like, that's the most Canadian angle of anything. It's oh like, oh, we'll you die in Mississauga. Fantastic. It's the best oh thing you've done. Gosh. That's <laughs> that, that is so so that's interesting oh. to, to note so you the the the, uh, the the content you created first and then you shopped it around is that usually how you do it or do no. You, no no not at all it's it was really unusual it was just it was literally a case of like oh i should probably it may be like a spacing between brand uh deals for us and it was like i should probably do something and uh it was kind of like well we'll just throw this out there and sort of see and uh it ended up working out really well obviously it was the it's the only thing that has made a U.S. border guard laugh and smile <laughs> at me ever. Because I was heading to California for meetings and uh, he said, uh, he's like, where are you going? I'm going to California. What are you going down there for? Just some meetings. What do you do? I make videos on the internet. What kind of videos? <laughs> I was like, uh, you ever seen the Explaining Canada Day to Americans? And he went, oh yeah, that's you. <laughs> Stamp my passport. I went, have a good time. That was it. I was like, right on. Brilliant. Oh, that's great. So that, I mean, is what's your coolest celebrity moment? And I mean, like by celebrity, I mean you, like somebody recognizing you. Right. Oh, recognizing me. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, I think probably the, the, it was weird starting to get recognized by people because it's, I remember going to my first social media convention and I said to another guy who was a creator and a comedian there, and I said, this is like a convention of the vaguely familiar. It was like, everybody was like out of context. And you're like, I, th I think I know that guy. Like, do I, do, I, do I used to work with him or did I, does he have 8 million views in the video? Um, but I think the, the thing that really stuck out to me the most was we were filming <clears throat> for one day in New York and it was myself and my family. And uh, we were crossing the street in Times Square and someone yelled, oh, my God, it's Brutal Star and his family. No way. And I was like, <laughs> OK, this is pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I bet. Was pretty awesome. No, was you didn't everybody... have to explain who you were. Yeah. No, exactly. I was like, that's right. It's me. Everyone else listening. The dream came true. It worked exactly. just as designed. Yes. <laughs> now, was everybody just as happy about that as you or were as your your were your kids or your wife? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that, that there's. <laughs> Not, not, there's not so much concern. I mean, we've always been kind of like safety conscious about, uh, uh, you know, making sure people don't know exactly where we live and stuff. Mm -hmm. We've had crazy people come look for us before. Oh, um, we've had people come up from the States, like spending the weekend driving around town, trying to find our house and stuff <laughs> like that. <clears throat> That's no joke. Um, and, uh, luckily no one's been as we know, well, they haven't caught us yet. So we don't know if they're psychotic or not, but probably not psychotic, which is good. Um, and most people are great. They're lovely and very, very nice. But, um, yeah, we've always been kind of aware of like keeping that arm's length distance, you know, yes. between people. And that also, that also serves my social anxiety really, really well. Like this whole zoom <laughs> thing is well, perfect for me. It's fantastic. <laughs> if I start freaking out, I can just close my laptop and you are all gone, which is great. So let me, Frozen, off, gone. Let me offer up some context for, for taking this question about that, because when I asked her to be on the podcast and then we started getting a few listeners and I'd say, Hey, we got a listener from Australia. She'd be like, wait a minute. Somebody's listening to our private conversations. I'm like, <laughs> it's so boggles my you're not, you're not on the internet. You're not yeah. understanding how podcasts work. It's so bog I'm like, I'm just having a conversation with you guys on a Thursday night. What, why are everybody listening? So, uh, yeah. Live around the world. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, our listeners are now like, get to the fucking letter Kenny uh, already. So <clears throat> let's talk about letter Kenny. When did you first discover uh, letter Kenny? Uh, like back in the, when the first YouTube clips came out, like the first five clips that came out, yeah. um, uh, like the old, like the, the, obviously the most popular one, the whole, uh, get back in your Tonka trucks and kick rocks like that, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, that was really exciting for me because, uh, having grown up here in Stratford, like I, I knew that that dialogue, I knew that accent, I knew that whole thing. It was just like, Oh, I know these people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was really cool because I mean, as the show gets going right you're they're, they're not, they're kind of like the best of the people in rural communities, which is the, which is the cool thing to me. I think mm -hmm. that's the, my favorite part of a letter Kenny is that 
you've got the, you know, they're everyone's against the de- the degenerates, you know, yeah. like they're all, it's like they're the, you don't, they're not homophobic. They're not racist and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, these are like the cool people you meet in a small town, which is awesome. Um, so because it's interesting, it started off as a web series. So I'm wondering, did you ever find yourself, uh, at the, it's at similar, uh, fun- functions as, uh, Jerry Kiso or anything like, uh, because you were doing content oh, creation. No, and, no, no, never, never. As far as I know, never, but I'm really terrible at, uh, uh at seeing people out of context. I was mm-hmm. at an event with like the entire cast of Shit's Creek. And that was like <laughs> weeks later, I was like, Oh, that's who that was at the party that I just smiled at oh, and walked past. I'm oh like, damn it. Okay, <laughs> what a missed opportunity. I know. So, I mean, it's entirely possible we've been at the same function, but I mean, also I don't, I don't do a lot of functions as well. It's I mean, I'm in Stratford. It's a long drive to Toronto. Who wants to go? And, and, and you're, you're what the third most uh, famous person from Stratford, right? Um, I think I'm easing up. I think it's a hard, there's a, there's a, there's a list of people from Stratford. I've got, I'm competing with uh, um, Justin Bieber. You could say it. Yeah. 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 Justin Bieber. <laughs> I'm um, competing with uh, Peter Mansbridge, who mm-hmm. lives here now, uh, Lloyd Robertson, of course, and um, Lorena McKennett. Wow. Uh, and Ron Sexsmith lives here as oh. well now. Uh, Hawksley Workman lived here for a while, but he's now gone back to Peterborough. What, like a loser. Um, couldn't hack it, probably. Um, so it's and a whole uh, festival as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the whole theater. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You want to bring in stage actors? I mean, the list is huge, and I'm pretty close to the top. Though, so. You must have to walk around town with an entourage just to keep the keep the fans away. I just generally don't meet people's eye. Again, the social anxiety. I don't do. <laughs> so, uh, what what are some of your favorite episodes uh, from Letterkenny? My most favorite episode ever is Les Heek, uh, where they go uh, ice fishing. <laughs> it is the best episode. I love it so much. I am a sucker for, uh, you know, when Canada creates content that is proudly Canadian in an understated, weird way, mm-hmm. which is so great. Uh, I mean, even in the new season with the... Uh, the military guys like they where the you know they're mm-hmm. in the states and, and and they've got the canada flag shirts and the u.s flag shirts and stuff um i i just like that stuff so much and i think i like the idea where you had you know their letter kenny main characters meeting up with their doppelgangers essentially mm-hmm. who are quebecois and then realizing ah we both like beating these guys up that's cool that's <laughs> awesome right so, i like i mean that's my absolute favorite and and of course written by jonathan torrens as well i was just going to say i learned that in your interview that jonathan torrens yeah. had a writing credit on it so that's yeah, yeah. And I got to thank, I mean, you just made my whole podcast career right now, because when we reviewed that episode, I put that at my number one, oh, and these yeah. D-Gens blasted me for doing that, we and I didn't understand it. You. We didn't blast you. What's, what's Whatever. your favorite episode? What's the favorite episode? What was the other? So well, you don't want to know two of theirs, you don't want to yeah, know. Yeah. We're, wow. we're, just, we're just finishing up season four right now, so we, we haven't okay, gotten yeah. to, to uh, season nine yet. Uh, so right. right now, my number one is, is relationships. I, I think it's it's a brilliant the writing on it and and the the, the acting on it were were just top I, I think notch. that's my number one. Yeah, that's well, that's so. uh, Victor's number one as well. I loved Lays Heeks. It's it's up there, but uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoy relationship. But but the uh, the episodes that uh, that are the shameful episodes that Victor and Tanya still have in their top five are. I have reasons. Is fart book and oh uh, god, <laughs> right right. And that Tanya's was almost, on spite at this point. Oh, that was almost a deal breaker for me. I was like. <laughs> Uh, I, hear I like you. I just I just held my breath for that well for a pun intended held my <laughs> yeah. breath until that episode was over I was like it's gonna get better it's gonna get better and it was the one I'm sure like every series has a thing where you're recommending it to people and you're like it's really really great and when you get to that episode just skip keep it going just, just skip keep it. going yeah, yeah. yeah. just yeah. bypass it exactly exactly well, the back the the story behind that is that I saw Alan watching that show hated the whole series and thought <laughs> why on earth are you watching this and then when he uh forced me shall i say forced? invited you invited me uh to to this podcast <laughs> to watch the series and uh that was the first time i actually laughed and then i finally got it i finally understood right the characters and what it was all about. So that's why it's yeah. still on my list. Cause but I laughed out. It doesn't loud. help your case, Daniel. No, it doesn't help your case at all. <laughs> no, it yeah. says more about you than it does about the <laughs> episode. True, uh, true. 
Matt, Matt, I will remind you that I think two two episodes ago, unfortunately, I had to uh, jettison that one from my list. Yes, we so. finally oh, got really. Victor to yeah. let, to let go. Oh, of I won't let go. Fine. Tanya will not let go out of out of a. Uh, Come, spike I liked now. that side of the skits too. Uh-huh. Matt, I okay, say. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of skids, who are your favorite characters? Um, I mean, they're they're all fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love all the characters. Uh, I, I I'm kind of partial to Gail a little bit because she's uh, really? yeah, because she is a little extra, <laughs> a little extra. She's like uh, there's a uh, there's a uh, uh, this is terrible to say. I, hope, I have a friend who's uh, similar to Gail, uh, uh, but it, like if she was incredibly drunk, she'd be like that. If, this is the idea. So it reminds me of my friend. In in a very late evening, uh, after a very fun <laughs> night, <laughs> I just like how she's she's just you know she's uh, she's not uh, she's not really involved until she's really involved, and she's involved in another level beyond anybody else in the conversation. <laughs> Um, and I just, I think it's fantastic. I think it's just so like, you sort of, you know, those kind of people where you're like, Oh shit, no, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, but it's really funny to watch from a distance though. Yeah. They're on their own little level. And oh yeah. Yeah. It reminds me actually of a fr- uh, one of my roommates in college was an other level kind of guy, you know, y'all go to the club, everyone's dancing. He'd be over there dancing to his own beat and you try to understand <laughs> what he was doing and he go, can't you hear it? And what he was dancing to was the bass. Like who right. dances to the yeah. bass, right? Yeah. But everyone yeah. else is hitting the main beat and that's, he's on his own level and you love him and it's fun to watch, but it's <laughs> from not a distance. quite what the rest of us from are doing. From a distance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He must've been a bass player. I find that from most bass players. <laughs> uh, so when, when I asked you to come on here, you kind of, let, you, you kind of uh, uh, admitted that you were on a bit of a campaign to, to be mm. on the show. You, you'd like to yeah. be on the show. So, uh, you know, Ooh. Not not to out your age, but I mean you're we're all around yeah. the same age, and and from what I see, we're all too old to be on this show. <laughs> well, see, I think that's this. Listen, dream big, okay. First of all, don't let go of the dreams, all right. Uh, but then secondly, uh, I, see, this is that's the the key to my desire is the fact that uh, to be on the show is that I've already cast myself as an OPP officer, right? Because they haven't really had a a good. OPP officer character and I thought oh I would like to kind of be a, an extension of the uh, Dan Aykroyd character from Canadian Bacon that's what I'd like to be so nice. so why don't right? you why don't you kind of do a little fanfic here and, and tell us what, yeah. what that episode would be and maybe 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 Jared will hear it or Jacob Tierney will hear it and uh, they'll right. be yeah, and that'll say, and they won't even respond to my tweets. So why would they listen to this? Um, <laughs> oh, and by the way, we have zero weight with either one of those two guys either. Well, now you've got less. Um, <laughs> I think I can see the OPP character getting involved with the uh, with the Mennonites the, with Jonathan Torrance Mennonite uh, the dicks. Oh, there's your way um, in getting Jonathan to write you in. Yeah, I think Art. that's probably my. I think you know I've uh, we had Jonathan on a live stream for a Christmas charity thing we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a beautiful eagle painting behind him in his house. It's just lovely. It's the kind of thing that says a lot about a person and says that they're smart and intelligent and pretty good looking and uh, and <laughs> compassionate. And uh, basically, yeah, I think the word is dream maker. That's right. what they call them. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. I, if you just, you know, just in passing, I thought I'd mention that. That's all. So. <laughs> it's all by design. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, and you, you're all caught up. You've seen all, all seasons now. I I'm literally in the middle of the last, the most recent season. So, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's my, I have a big complaint here. This is my complaint mm-hmm. to Jared and Jake, uh, <laughs> not that they have any control over it whatsoever, but, um, I, I, I love the idea of being able to binge watch a show, mm-hmm. but when a show comes out, I would rather they stagger it bit by bit. I think they would get way more mileage out of the show because that was a, such a hype coming out to every time they release it on, on Christmas day. Right. So yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Right. And, uh, and it's exciting when they do it. And then it's like by January, it's like, well, everyone's watched it. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. And no one's talking about it. It's like, Oh no, I want, I want it to drag out a little bit so mm-hmm. people can kind of get hyped about it. And then, 
people who are late to the party can catch up. Well, we're talking about it. We haven't even got season nine, but I mean, we're talking about it. But yeah, I found, I mean, uh, I'm the only one of the four of us who's gone on and watched season nine, uh, much to everyone else's uh, dismay. I binged Uh, it all in one day. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I did it all in one day. That's right. Christmas day. uh, (laughs) That was my present. We open our gifts and then my wife's present to me. He's like, all right, go downstairs. Go go enjoy yourself. Bye-bye now. I'll add to my, uh, sorry, just add to my favorite character. There's one of my favorite characters. And there's, like I said, I love all of them, obviously. They're Mm -hmm. fantastic. But to the coach character, Mark Forward's character is... is, is, (laughs) He's so good. He is the most disgusting, horriblest person ever. And it's hilarious. (laughs) Have you seen seen, uh, any of his uh, uh, specials? Like the one uh, especially has on Crave right now? I I want... I haven't seen that one, no, but... Yeah, I've got so many questions about that one. I want him so desperately to come on here so I can ask him about the end of that special because it's just so bizarre because it's not just stand-up comedy it's performance art at least that that special is for sure he's just wild isn't he yeah, he's just crazy yeah, yeah he's great um all right well uh so i think it's time for oh wait i've got one listener question i put out a, a feeler for questions unfortunately a lot of our our listens are like in uh australia and the u.s and stuff and so when i right. said we're gonna have brittle star on they're like right oh okay that's nice uh wh- who does he play and like no no yeah. <laughs> no not even in the show not even in the show <laughs> but you know what we we really wanted to talk to you so uh you know explaining I australia it, to new zealand's yeah. it's canadians supporting canadians but we exactly we, we we did have a, one question it was more of a comment from uh an fotm actually uh miriam she said how dare he be more successful than humble and fred he's a nobody he can go he can go viral uh and that's uh, a response wow. reaction to i guess your your Super appearance specific. well your appearance on the humble and fred podcast and it's right she made it sound like uh, they were a little they couldn't understand why you were more <laughs> <laughs> more, more famous well, than right. they were <laughs> yeah that was the whole conversation that's because i had and i said on the show uh, and I, I guess i'll say here as well is, is that this fantastic meeting <laughs> with uh, this guy who emailed me uh, with the subject line, literary agent from Los Angeles. And I was like, okay, that's good for you, buddy. Um, And uh, he's a nice enough guy. He's fine. I had a meeting with him and his business partner and, and they represent a big company. Like it's a big agency. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the middle of the meeting, he said, uh, no one should want what you're offering, but for some reason they do. (laughs) Wow. I was like, okay, yeah, that kind of sums it up nicely, which is really great. And then also proceeded to tell me that I was no Brad Pitt. And I was like, he's just trying to break my spirit. It was like sort of like, you know, Hollywood boot camp is what it was, basically. Like, you're a nobody. You. That, that's amazing. Oh. And, and Al, Al, I know you're going to jump into the, the speed round after, yeah. but before, I mean, we have a lot of American listeners, I think, because, you know, with the Hulu thing and, 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 and letter kind of becoming big in the U S for the benefit of them, you got to quickly explain. And I need to know this as well. There's, there's a story involving you getting an invite to the white house. Oh yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. What, what was this about? What administration and what were the context behind this? <laughs> right. It was the Obama administration. I'm okay. That, that the admi- Obama all right, administration. You. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was back in 2016 when prime minister Trudeau was doing his first visit to the U S and it was an arrival ceremony and there was like a big gala, but there was also like this other ceremony in the morning type of thing that happened the first half of the day. And, uh, I was invited to the first half of the day. So I missed out on the amazing, you know, dinner and all that kind of stuff. And, and whatever, but uh, that everybody else got to go to except for me, but that's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fantastic. It was an amazing experience though. It was phenomenal. I mean, it's pretty cool. It was a social media team from the White House who were looking for a Canadian content creator who had a, a decent U.S. following. And I had a, the majority of the people who followed me at the time were, were American. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was, an, it was an easy fit. And uh, it was super fun. It was great. It was like, uh, you know, as I've said lots of times, Washington, D.C. is one of my favorite places. It's it's like a, a theme park version of America. It's kind of like, this is what the rest of the country will be like. It's not like that at all. Um, it's kind of like, they were like, do you guys see Rome? Yeah, Rome's cool, isn't it? Let's make our own Rome, except new. And that's kind of what they do. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's just a cool, cool place. And it was fun. And it was the thing that really freaked me out is that Everyone's pulling their phone out of their suit jackets and stuff like that. Mm. But you could see the snipers on the building like on top. <laughs> so it's like I was I would be like 
opening my jacket slowly, pointing to wow. my phone first, slowly reaching in and then like pulling back every now and then, like pulling it out slowly and being holding it up. It's a phone. It's a phone. Then holding it to take a picture. But uh, there was like four uh, security checkpoints before you got into the grounds, though, wow. which is interesting. All run by binders, by the way. What? No electronics. Oh, what? So, so it was passport numbers and binders is what they did. Can't so hack you, that shit. No, exactly. Yeah, you just lose it or tear it. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Wow, that's great. Uh, and did you get a selfie with Barack or, or with JT or both? Like, <laughs> no, you, no, neither. Neither at all, which is really, really depressing and horrible. But uh, but I was, uh, it was really, it was even just surreal to kind of be that close because Obama is like a massive celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's a huge. He's no grumpy cat. He's no grumpy cat, but as far as I know, there's only one Barack Obama and he's not misformed. I'll tell you that much. Um, but he, uh, it's just being like 25 feet away from this guy while he's talking. It's like, this is cool. This is kind of, this feels kind of, and on the white house grounds in this place that you've seen a million times on TV, it's like, Oh, this is cool. This is it was really nice blown up experience. a bunch of times by aliens too. Right. Like uh, you're waiting for the alien space. That's right. Exactly. And they've, you can't even tell it looks great. <laughs> yeah. They've done a good job. They fixed it up, fixed it up nicely. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. All right. So as, <laughs> as Matt alluded to, it's time for our speed questions. So this is where I get to do my best James Lipton. Uh, we're going to really learn about you. <laughs> uh, these questions are, are, are designed for you to, to answer off the top of your head. Don't think about okay. it already. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Tim's or Starbucks? Oh, God. Neither. Oh, okay. Which one then? Uh, if I had to choose between the two of them? No, no. Like, what, what do you... Oh. Go- uh, no, I would probably go to, I'm, I'm more of a, a small cafe guy. I'm oh, more right. of a, yeah, yeah. It's the Stratford in me. Love it. Yeah. It's the Stratford in me. Do they even have a Tim Hortons in Stratford? That would be blasphemous. No, we have four. Okay. <laughs> we do. It's, we've got too many, but all the coffee tastes Brazilian. So it doesn't matter. So uh, <laughs> cats are Sorry, are they a sponsor? Sorry. No, 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 Sorry. not at all. Uh, we won't be now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and not, neither will uh, humble and Fred, uh, cat, <laughs> cats or dogs. <laughs> Uh, uh, cats. I know. Isn't that weird? Oh, I was never a cat person. I, I used to be like deathly allergic to cats. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, we realized we were going to have kids. We're like, we should probably practice with a living thing. So we got a cat <laughs> and cause I thought, wow, I won't, get, I won't get attached to it. So like, if we're terrible at it, it'll be fine. Like, it'll be like, ah, it was a cat, whatever. Uh, and then we grew attached to it. However, we did, this is, this is totally true. The first week we had our cat, it was, this is the nineties. Mm-hmm. People were crazy. We were all Chandler binging it up. It was all, it was all the rage. <laughs> and uh, we were in our amazing little house here in town, and uh, we used to light candles everywhere. Oh. And the cat, his oh, name no. was Steve, went over to uh, play with the candle. We're like, oh crap, maybe we should do that. We just let's just see if he gets like you know maybe the heat will scare him away, <laughs> like a child would get scared of the heat perhaps. And he batted at it and didn't like batted through it. Nothing happened. And then all the kitten fur on one side of his body went woof in a big blue flame. And I pushed him off the coffee table because that's where the candle was because we were idiots. And I rolled him on the carpet until he was just sizzling. But his whiskers went down to like little nubs for like about a year after that. Oh, poor Steve. We still had kids anyway and we haven't set either (laughs) of them on fire. (laughs) We learned. That's parenting goals right there. Nor have you you formed any attachments to either one of them, right? No, it's that's the key. Yeah, That's the key. To, yeah. Alan and I away. high five each other on every every uh, birthday for the kids. We're like, oh, we kept them alive one more one year. One more year. That's yes. fantastic. Good for That's us. That's where the bar is set. Yeah. <laughs> the bar is set. <laughs> if your life was made into a movie, who would play you? Oh, pro- uh, probably fucking Andy Richter. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, probably somebody alive. That's the answer to that question all the time, isn't it? As opposed to someone dead. Uh, no, actually, I, I got a few. Uh, my mother, uh, so uh, my dead mother. So it's right, like, right, way to right. go, Wow, way to make me feel like shit. <laughs> I think. Um, I, I think who I'd like to go for dinner with. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, we've had some weird occasions where we've had dinner with like odd people, mm-hmm. and I, I find eating such an intimate thing that I get. It makes me kind of freaks me out a little bit. Again, we're going back to social anxiety, though. <laughs> 
bit, but <laughs> there's a trend uh, here. <laughs> I know. So, like for example, we've been invited to go for dinner with uh, uh, once pandemic's over with this like huge movie star and his wife, who's also a huge movie star, and uh, we're like, this is exciting, but it also folks. I'm like, I don't like. I've I've eaten dinner with like with celebrities before and and people you know from TV and stuff. And you, you're eating and you're like, ah, we're putting things in our mouths. Is this, uh, movie now stars, I'm masticating in front of you. Is this uh, movie star's first name rhyme with Brian and have your same last name as you? You might. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot to say. Come on. Yeah. You said it. You said it on Toronto Mike. You can say it here. Um, <laughs> well, I don't want to, I just want to be that guy. Like, I mean, it's exciting, but at the same time. Yeah. Well, you know, my friend Ryan. <laughs> Uh, because is this is this about the uh, screenplay or, or the the TV show that you're uh, trying to get uh, produced? Uh, no, he's he's not involved oh. in that. He's been he's been uh, tremendous help though. However, in that mm-hmm. regard, he's been he's been uh, playing a slightly like a mentor role, mm-hmm. a younger, more successful, better looking mentor. <laughs> no it's one should. Doing, it's helping with the career for I think in the in the project, not the career, but for the project. But it's not helping with my ego. No. At all, so <laughs> everyone should want what he what he's uh, giving, and and of course they do, right? They do. They ever <laughs> best vacation. What's your best vacation? Uh, best vacation ever was probably oh, fart. This is really hard to think of. Um, I think our we've done so much traveling. We've been really really lucky. Mm-hmm. I think probably that first trip to L.A. is probably one of my favorite vacations because everything was paid for <laughs> like our flights were paid for our hotel was paid for it was a thousand dollars a night in the hotel we were going to stay two more nights and they're like it's 950 dollars a night extra or like Yikes. per night more and we were like we will not be staying two extra nights um like our food was paid for like and we, we were on we just and our kids were the perfect age so it was like Let's just go to Disney every morning. And it was fantastic. Do you yeah. have that moment of awe that like, or that moment of disbelief when you get the message and, and it's like, okay, here is what we're offering you and to, to yeah. come and be a part of this. And- yeah. We just watched your, your West jet uh, trip to Hawaii. Oh yeah. And that was yeah, That was amazing. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a phenomenal trip as well. And as I was saying, we, we've been so lucky and done like a ton of traveling, but yeah, the WestJet thing was also great. Cause they were like, it was literally two weeks before that they contacted us because some other social media family had to back out. We were like, we're ready. We're number two. Fantastic. Uh, we know we're not your first choice, but we don't care. And uh, they were like, Hey, listen, in two weeks, do you want to take you and the family to Hawaii and we'll pay you money and uh, we'll take care of everything. And we're like, yeah. Cause I, I went to Hawaii once when I was 18 loved it uh, i thought i'll never be able to go back i'll never mm-hmm. be able to afford going back to this especially not to take my family back wow. so it was great to be able to take the whole family there and and That's we got amazing. treated like royalty yeah it was phenomenal i love hawaii it's like it's the best of america i think hmm. that's incredible uh window or aisle seat oh window for sure thank all you the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. beer wine or liquor um, not wine anymore. I can't drink wine. I used to drink so much wine and mm-hmm. I just can't do it anymore. I get like massive headaches, like red wine headaches. Huh. So I'm going to have to, uh, I think, I think beer is my choice. And then, but it's really neck and neck with a, a good scotch though. Very mm. nice. Uh, early bird or night owl? <sighs> Middle bird. I'm a middle bird. That's what I am. I, I mean, Afternoon I don't like delight. Are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't like. Uh, I don't like staying up too late. Uh, not so much that it, I think. Obviously, maybe just as I get older, I think it's like ah, no, we're not doing this. And I get up not out of not out of joy. I'm not springing out of bed out of joy. I'm springing out of bed because I have to go pee. And then I'm like ah, damn it, I'm not. <laughs> and and I mean, we're keeping you up tonight. Uh, we really appreciate you I know. being here. So uh, last question, last speed question, although this hasn't been a very speedy round. Uh, If you can be someone else for a day, who would it be? Oh, man, I wouldn't want I I, I wouldn't want to be anybody at all. I think everybody. Even even Andy Rickard? (laughs) <laughs> even andy richter <laughs> like, it's like the the andy richter his his character on arrested development where they'd they'd blur out the, his other twins faces um but uh no i i and it's it's not an ego thing for me it's more a case of like i, I know that everybody's got their own stuff they're dealing with and it'd be like i don't want a whole set of problems mm-hmm. you know I just, if i could be like the tv version of someone maybe i'd pick someone like mm-hmm. just the, the happy version of someone but apart from that nah 
Oh, that's, that's great. Well, Stuart, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, for, yeah, Stuart, <laughs> for giving us uh, uh, an hour that that was a uh, very uh, gracious of you. Um, I'm going to play us off here with a brittle star song, one that I wow. really enjoy. It's called, um, really? <laughs> don't be so, so surprised. Well, I'm nervous now. I don't know what song it is. It's called better than <clears throat> I remember. And I'm oh yeah. Opening yeah, okay. my spot. Going way back. Right yeah. That's exciting. Well, I, it's a deep cut. This is a deep cut from it is. Star. Do you want me to sing it? You know what? If you want to sing along, <laughs> feel free. <gasps> oh, this little disco version. It's good. I like it. Again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, it was a we had a blast. I hope you had fun too. Tons of fun, man. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And uh, you know, hopefully, you, you can maybe put in a good word for us with uh, Mr. Torrens there because we'd love to have him on too. All right, yeah, yeah. I'll do. I'll so I'll post something horrible, and that'll get his attention, and then uh, that'll be it. Perfect. He'll be in. <laughs> And that's all we have for this episode. Later this week, we'll have our regular Thirsty Thursday episode where we'll recap and review the Letterkenny Easter special, Super Hard Easter. Please rate us on iTunes if you like the show. If you'd like to support us, become a patron. Uh, there's a link to our Patreon on our site and Twitter profile at ProtostanPod. Thanks for joining us. Now we're going to have a few puppers in, listen to some more Brittle Star music. On behalf of Stuart, Matt, Victor, Tanya, and myself, have a great night. Hey everyone, Al here again. Uh, we were having so much fun with Stuart, we forgot to tell you where to find him online. So, you should definitely follow Stuart on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. He's at BrittleStar. Also, if you're a brand looking for some great viral content, you should definitely visit BrittleStar.com and contact Stuart directly. Have a great night. And if